welcome to On Trial, starring Mark Radlich. Also starring Sean Comer. Hope you're ready, Hollywood, because you're on trial. All rise. Court is now in session. The Honorable Harry T. Stone presiding. This is on trial. I'm your, in this case, prosecuting attorney tonight, Mr. Mark, the mandated reporter, and Mr. Mark Rattledge, and frankly, I'm mortified, or whatever order I usually do that in. <laughs> um, and tonight, we are talking the country bears, as Jungle Cruise is currently in theaters, and we have been looking at all things Disney theme park turned into other, like comics and movies. Uh, joining me tonight to defend... And I am dying to see how he does <laughs> movie. Not since Catwoman has a task been so daunting. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Sean Comer, how do you do, sir? So, who was the public defender on Night Court? Was it was it Marky Post? Yeah, it was or... Marky Post. Okay, I thought so. Damn. I, I got a fine looking woman to live up to. <laughs> so um real quick and then we'll we'll just jump right into notes and plot synopsis mm -hmm. um i initially because of jungle cruise i was looking at the disney theme park things that were turned into movies and comics and whatnot and initially i had haunted mansion slated but then i had read that they were going to do a reboot on that so i'm like i'll save it for then Didn't so that. yeah that that was mm -hmm. the reasoning behind the switch um so I was looking and I went through the list and um, and I saw, oh, they did the Country Bears. Okay, that seems like a fun one to do. And when I was pitching it to you, in, if you, I don't know if you remember this or not, in our chat, I think you'd actually like hit, like shared with me that you were thinking or just outright said, please don't say Country, country Bears. Please don't say Country Bears. I'm like, it's fucking Country Bears, dude. <laughs> <laughs> and you're like, no! <laughs> Had you seen it? before i pitched it or had you just known of the legend of how terrible this is no no yeah i mean it's uh, it's the, the the stuff of legend okay uh, i think at that time the most recent i had heard of it um i'm sure i'm sure doug walker probably he did. covered it, it earlier yeah i was gonna i was gonna say but if you put a double barrel shotgun to my head i couldn't tell you the last the last Doug Walker review I ever watched. Mm -hmm. um, but shit, I think it was, I think the last review of it I saw was, I want to say it was maybe, I think his name's some jerk with a camera. Okay. Um, he, he was on, he was on channel awesome for a time. Mm -hmm. um, he's a, he's kind of most notorious as a Disney centric kind of parks vlogger. Okay, cool. On, on their on their YouTube community, on their YouTube community, I've I've watched some of his work. It's it's all right, but anyway, I digress. Uh, I had watched it and kind of gotten the the skinny mm. on the movie, so I knew roughly what to expect. And you know, I gotta say, while well, God knows that this wasn't the River Kwai, this wasn't the Empire <laughs> Strikes Back. <laughs> I think he might have. I think he might have oversold the misery a little bit. Okay. Uh, I watched it with my kids the other night. 
I was actually, I'd never actually seen it. I have been on, been to the attraction. Just for, for people to know what this is, the Country Bear Jamboree is basically like if you've ever been to a Chuck E. Cheese, you know, oh, yeah. <laughs> it, it's animatronic bears doing country music. Look, it's the place where adults drag their kids to when you've got to get out of the hot Florida or California sun. You know, and you're and you're on that side of the park, the Frontierland, Adventureland side, as opposed to the Tomorrowland side. Because if you're at Tomorrowland, you go to the Carousel of Progress to take a nap and get out of the sun. If okay, so now, so now here's a fair question. Yeah. When you were setting these reviews up and you mm -hmm. wanted something that was going to be Disney ride-centric. Yeah. Why didn't you just go with Tomorrowland? Because we'd already reviewed it when it came out. Fair. <laughs> now to answer your next question why didn't i choose mission to mars didn't know it existed at the time <laughs> <laughs> and we'd already done all the pirates of the caribbean movies so you know not a whole lot to choose from after that um i think the only one left would be tower of terror which is a television movie with steve gutenberg and while i love my steve gutenberg again didn't know that at the time b you know looking something was, a little would, bit that, would that really be ride based though i mean tower of terror is a ride it's true, the, but what true, but was the TV movie based on the ride? I couldn't I mean, yes, but beyond but how based on it it is, I have no idea. I don't I didn't know there was a movie until a Wikipedia search a few hours ago. Um uh, gotcha. So anyway, gotcha. um yeah, I had I, I am aware of what, what this is. It's it's animatronic bears doing country music. Um it's in Frontierland. I've seen it a couple of times. It has no like story to it. It's just it's just an animatronic performance, mm -hmm. and apparently it's like way popular. It's more popular than I gave it credit because I was all prepared to come in like, why would oh, you yeah. of all the things to make a ride uh, to make a movie out of of all the things in your park, why would you do the Country Bears? But uh, in my research on it, and then I'll, I'll shift it over to you. Uh, apparently, mm -hmm. the Country Bear Jamboree is way popular with families at the park. And so, you know, and the other thing about it, which I didn't know, was this has actually been adapted into cartoons. And the cartoons were popular at one point. Yeah, I, who knew? <laughs> so, so that moment in the movie when they're watching the Country Bear cartoon, mm -hmm. that's riffing on something that's actually a thing. Yeah, there are actual Country Bear cartoons that were popular amongst children, and Disney being what they are, I'm sure looked at that and went, well, if the kids like the cartoon, certainly they'll come out and see the movie. They were wrong, but, <laughs> but that's the story we're going to tell today. So do you have any, I mean, I, I know both of us can tend to look at the Wikipedia page for, for notes on these, and the notes are scant on that page. Uh, did you find anything else in your digging? Not really. I mean, okay. the most um, the most important fact about this movie, well, trivia-wise anyway, is probably the most well-known one at this point, and that is that in a roundabout way, this is the movie that nearly torpedoed Pirates of the Caribbean. Oh, shit, really? <laughs> That's funny. Uh, yeah, yeah, because this one performs so badly that it took it took some talking <laughs> to get to get them to sign off on another movie based on a ride. Mm -hmm. This one just tanked that terribly, which I mean, we'll get to more in this in in my opinion. But to be perfectly honest, I mean, 
again, it's it's really oversold just mm-hmm. how bad it is. And I, I, I am going to kind of call critics like Doug on on the carpet. In defense maybe... of Doug, having watched it today, he actually liked this. His whole his whole shtick, like like the plot of his review, which I don't like his reviews for this reason, because instead of just giving his opinion on the, the damn thing, he has to do like kind of like the red letter media guys used to, not so much anymore. He has to do a riff that has a plot to it. The riff on this was everyone thinks it's so bad that if you like it, you have a mental disorder. That's the whole shtick through the whole thing. But like his his actual take when you can corner him and get him to just talk about the movie uh, uh, in the 30 minutes he spent on this, he actually, and I'm of this opinion too, there are some funny parts, like despite it, there are some funny parts about this movie. There are some genuinely charming and silly moments that if you don't think too hard about it, it will actually crack you up. Um, but well, yeah, I know everybody else is just shit all over this thing. Well, look, I mean, it's it's no secret that I'm of the opinion that calling Doug Walker a critic at this point is <laughs> like calling Monday Night Raw serious, legitimate athletic competition. Fair. But in that one regard, uh, yeah, congratulations, broken clock. That's, <laughs> that, that, that's one of the two possible times you can be right for the day. Uh it's I think it's an easy target yeah. for criticism and for riffs like that, just because it sounds like such an absurd idea for a movie. Mm-hmm. And because it is very very much a wacky hijinks laden plot, such mm-hmm. as it were. Um it's it's kind of so episodic in, in its beats. Mm-hmm. That there's really not much room for any for any attempt at character development or anything like that. Yeah. But all in all, I was expecting something far worse. Yeah. Than than, than what I got. I mean, I don't get me don't get me wrong. I mean, I rightfully so. Anybody who goes through my Disney Plus browsing history is now going to just turn and give me a full Miz really. <laughs> henceforth but i mean god knows i've watched worse yeah yeah this is not the worst this is not the worst disney movie i've ever seen oh god hardly no. enough no i i just you know they i think they took something that doesn't have a ready-made plot available i mean like like pirates of the caribbean just as a, a an example it's this boat ride through different scenes you know of fantasy pirate life you know it, it is much yeah. like Jungle Cruise, and we talked about this on the review, a lot of what the Disney park is are odes to genre movies. Uh, some of which are I've their never own. thought of it that way, but yeah, I can see that. Some of which are their own, and some of which are just standard, staple, uh, golden age of cinema, talky genre. So, like Jungle Cruise was White Man Goes to the Jungle, Pirates of the mm-hmm. Caribbean was your, you know, was your typical pirate movie, that sort of thing. You have this was Family Robinson, which which was adapted from books. You know, it just goes on and on and on like that. You know, that's that's what that's what Walt Disney uh, World is. That's what the Magic Kingdom is. So, well, it's, I mean, it's it's the difference between a theme park and an amusement park, right? Is I mean, what what we have here here in you know, I I previously resided in Kansas City. I I now I now live in the far reaches of Banjo Land. But where I used to call my home, we have 
worlds of fun and oceans of fun. Mm -hmm. That is an amusement park. Uh, like a six flags. Of, yeah, lots of rides, lots of things to do, but there's nothing really cogent right. or coherent. There, there, there's no uniting thread. Islands of Adventure here in Florida, which is an offshoot of Universal Studios. Right. You have the Dr. Zeus land, Marvel land. Right, and, you know, right. and it goes on Jurassic Park. Right. Land. So you, you uh, well, well, you mentioned you mentioned Six Flags, and that mm -hmm. kind of toes the line because, of course, yeah, primarily it's an amusement park, but over the years they've also had a number of tie-ins with various Warner Brothers mm -hmm. properties. But that's that's almost more incidental to anything yeah. else. That's like that's like the fact that there's a Peanuts attraction at worlds at worlds right. of fun i remember the, the six other... flags in new jersey it was just roller right. coaster roller coaster and then right. but the kitty land was bugs bunny centric right but on the other hand if you're talking about the florida parks you're talking about yeah disney being focused on all the disney properties not just right. classic ones but now you've also you've also got marvel right. thrown in thrown into the mix and star wars if you go to the universal parks it's it's like all the universal properties Plus, you know, Harry Potter. More, more Marvel. <laughs> it's still Marvel land there. Yeah. Marvel is everywhere. Um, so the point being, <laughs> like, well, Pirates of the Caribbean and I think Jungle Cruise lended themselves a little bit more to extrapolating a plot out of those things. Also, you have the rich history of the films they're derived from to, to draw upon. The Country Bear Jamboree was bears playing country music. So, look, they tried. Um, they they tried to make it, it's a G-rated movie that you know that sometimes works for you, that sometimes works against you. In this case, I think it worked against. I think you know I, I was thinking about this with GI Joe, um, which Jason and I reviewed Snake Eyes last night, and then this will be the last thing I say, and we can get into this now. Um, sometimes I think you have a property and you give it to writers, and you say, and, you know, and you say write a movie for this property. You know, we we want to monetize this. And they just kind of sit and make a list of the things people like about that property. And from that list, they derive a story without mm. really knowing the property, loving the property and wanting to tell a story in that world. You know, it's the difference between somebody who like loves the Marvel comics and like, I would love to tell a story with Dr. Strange. I've read his comics. I know his stories and I would love to spin my own yarn with a Dr. Strange character uh, mm. versus there's this thing at the park with animatronic bears. Do that <laughs> <laughs> for kids and going fucking bears, family, yeah, country music done. You you right. end up with you end up with a feature length fan service extravaganza, more or less. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Um. So let's get into the plot of this, and then I will do my prosecution. Sean will defend, and then we will. <laughs> we will never speak of the shortcut again. Um, <laughs> all righty. So uh, the Country Bears are an all-bear country rock band who have disbanded in 1991 um, after grunge took over. Just kidding. After years of popularity, Barry Barrington, and a large admirer of the band and a young preteen bear adopted and raised by a human family feels disowned for being different. His adoptive parents tell him that his family will love him unconditionally regardless and that differences lead to everyone in their purpose purposes. But Barry's adoptive older brother, Dex, who's the best character in this whole movie, tells him the truth about his background. Angry, embarrassed, and sad, Barry, Barry, runs away from home in the middle of the night and ventures out to the Country Bear Hall, the former concert hall, 
of the country bears. Barry learns from the property caretaker, Big Al, and the van's manager, Harry Dixon Taylor, that Country Bear Hall is threatened with destruction by greedy banker, because aren't all bankers greedy, Reed Simple. After many attempts to raise $20,000 to save Country Bear Hall, Barry suggests to Henry to hold a benefit concert, and the two of them set out to reunite the group with the band's bus driver and drummer, Rhodey. Meanwhile, the Barringtons have, en the Barringtons, ugh, have enlisted police officers named Cheats and Officer Ham, wow, <laughs> to find Barry. Wow, this 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 movie. Um, first, they approach Fred Betterhead. <laughs> was the name Eddie Vedder not available? Um, the harmonica and electric bass player who is working as the security guard on the set of prop singer Crystal's latest music video, <laughs> poor Crystal, and agrees to return for the concert. Henry needs promotion, and Barry suggests the group's former promoter, Rip Holland, whom Harry claimed ha Harry Henry had claimed had stolen the country bears from him. Henry phones Rip, who gladly agrees to promote the show. Fred then mentions the talent show history where they defeated an armpit musician named Benny Bogswaggle in a talent competition, which caused Benny to angrily strike Zeb Zuber on the head with a chair. Meanwhile, Big Al is approached by Reed, who learns that the country bears plan and about Rip Holland promoting the show. Yes, it's all full interrelated. <laughs> um, next, they approach the band's fiddler, Zeb Zuber, who has spent all his years drinking honey because honey is a stand-in for alcohol. Get it? It's an alcoholic bear. Get it? At the Swarming Hive Honey Bar restaurant and owes $500 to the owner named Chacha, who is played by Queen Latifah, in a role I'm sure she regrets. Zeb <laughs> wants to return, but cannot, <laughs> in a role that made her fire her agent. Uh, but cannot do so without paying his debt to the restaurant. Barry places a bet to let Zeb off the hook by beating the house band in a playoff. Mm -hmm. Zeb starts his performance by sounding rusty, but warms up and eventually wins with, an, uh, with, a, with a parody, as, as it were, of The Devil Went Down to Georgia. Uh, meanwhile, Officer Cheats and Officer Ham, as opposed to Officer Pig, I guess, uh, approach Big Al for directions to where Barry went. Because Big Al does not mention that Barry is friends with them and has joined them, the officers think that the Bears have kidnapped Barry and then the Three's Company theme plays. Um, then they approach Tennessee O'Neill, the one-string guitar player, now a marriage counselor, who is very reluctant because he wants nothing more than to reconcile with his ex-girlfriend, Trixie St. Clair, the band's keyboard player. After being chased by Officer Cheats and Ham through a car wash, the country pairs stop at a motel where Barry learns that Trixie St. Clair, every time I hear that name, I think Jasmine St. Clair, and I'm like, no, don't think about no, this. No, <laughs> no let, yeah, let, let that be your, let that be your takeaway. Please, whatever you do, do not think about porn while watching country <laughs> Or you're going to get an altogether different experience. Barry informs Tennessee. Or if, or, if, or if you need to maybe last a little bit longer. Think of the country bears. <laughs> there you go. Works both ways. Need, need, does, to kill, need to kill an awkward boner? Think of the country bears. Yep, it works both ways, as does Jasmine St. Clair. Hang on. Yep. Thank you, Pinkie Pie. <laughs> Barry informs Tennessee about this, and he goes in to reunite. I got to get all my shit in. Where they sing a duet together. She subsequently comes with the band to their reunion. They finally head out to find Ted Betterhead, the group's lead vocalist and guitarist. Ted is supposedly very wealthy now, and they find a mansion where they learn from Elton John, because why not put Elton John in your country bear movie, that oh, Ted is still at the local country club, 
working at the wedding. After Ted has the other country bear members leave, Fred eventually finds out that he is nothing more than a wedding singer. Ted is knocked conscious by Fred, who tries to convince him how important he means to the band, saying they're a family, and forcefully dragged onto the bus, because kidnapping. The country bears learn that Ted has been performing at weddings and birthday parties, as he mentions that the gardener that they met was Elton John, and that Ted rented a room over the John's <laughs> garage, like you do. Seb claims claims Ted to be the reason for the band's disestablishment, but Ted claims that he held them together and that no one was grateful, as the other members were all busy letting their personalities and habits get in the way, citing Zeb's drinking, Tennessee's emotional outburst, and Fred's immaturity. Barry reminds them that they claimed each other to be family, at which point Don Toretto shows up. No, um, but... Ted Don't you dare. <laughs> like, fucking dare. But Ted claimed it to be meaningless publicity. Barry realizes the real meaning of family and returns home where he is happily reunited with said family. Um, Jesus Christ. The, the country bears read Barry's school essay about them and they realize that Barry was right and decide they must perform the gig. Reconciling with Barry, Ted insists that they allow him to join during the concert. But Reed Simple kidnaps the rest of the country bears and steals the bus. While holding them captive, Reed Simple reveals to the bears that he is really Benny Bogswaggle and is wreaking his vengeance on the bears for stealing his one chance at fame. Okay. Barry I was the author of all your torment. Right. Hang on. You're going to do that. It was all me, James. It's always been me, the author of all your pain. Okay. <laughs> of all your pain. Uh. Big Al suddenly arrives and reveals to everyone's surprise that he promoted the show himself and had everyone parked in the backfield because he did not want any automobiles out on the front lawn. Get off my lawn. Big Al then opens the door and a surge of people rush in as a defeated Reed Thimple is thrown out of the building on his hindquarters by the crowd while vowing to the country bears that their feud is not over because sequel, no. But the money raised from the concert is revealed to be enough to save the hall. And the country bears perform with a, with Barry as a new member of the band, and as the rest of the Barringtons in the audience watch the concert. Terrific! All right, look, <laughs> this is not a great movie. I mean, here, here's the thing: Ooh. the goal is to write family family centered fare, um, based to, to, in order to monetize a theme park attraction. And here's the thing with that: I well, I am with Disney. I am with your Pirates of the Caribbeans and your Haunted Mansions and your Seekers of the Weird and your Tomorrowlands and your Jungle Cruises. I'm with you. Um, but you couldn't even entertain my family, and we are avid moviegoers. By the time this was over, my son and my daughter, who both... Well, my daughter, who generally doesn't want to hang, looked at me and she said, can I please go to bed now? As if it was punishing her. My son was... My son looked at me and basically said... Uh, this was a giant waste of time. I'm oh. dumber for having watched it, and I award you no points, and I would like to go back to my Switch now. <laughs> so, Damn, when you Jonas? When you can't entertain the 7 and the 10-year-old, you have failed at your job. No matter no matter what I say about the film craft, at, at a minimum, you had one job, Country Bears, entertain the youngins. I fell asleep at the end of this. I actually had to read the plot synopsis to know how it ended because, like, I dozed off in the third act. My mm. wife and I woke up and I'm like, "What I miss?" And she went, and my wife went, "Nothing," and then stormed off to bed. <laughs> 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 um, so 
to be fair, though, um, I'm going to talk about how I think this movie misses the point of the Country Bears. Not so much, you know, everybody has done a litany of what's wrong with this movie and how bad it is. I just want to talk about okay. things that I think they tried in earnest, but were a misfire. And I think the big one is you're you have movies out there like what Willie um, Willie's Wonderland. And the banana splits, and I know they were both horror movies. You're like, where are you going with this? Both of them featured animatronic um, Chuck E. Cheese type animals. Mm -hmm. And never mind the fact that they're horror movies. It doesn't matter. The point is they were specifically set up as animatronics come to life and do stuff. And so they looked like animatronics. And it's one of the things we said in the reviews of those um about the movies is how well like if the animatronics aren't working then, no, then none of the movie works in either case and i think you can do that in those kinds of movies when the whole whole point is animatronics shouldn't come to life and try to kill you with a butcher knife when your starting point is animatronic bears and you're like let's make the bears look like animatrons but they're real and they're playing country music in a world where they're basically like big and rich you know, or <laughs> get rich. You know, like this is supposed to be. I can't think of another big time country band. Um, you know, everybody else I know was like a solo artist. You know, like um, yeah. Um, damn it, <laughs> I, I can't. Hillary, I can't even tell. I can't even, I can't even tell the solo artist apart. To be honest, yeah, I'm, I'm trying to think of the, uh, the 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 beer guy. Um, a friend in low places. Him, yeah, but Garth Brooks. Brooks. Jesus yeah. Christ. Um, but yeah, they're supposed to be like a big time pop country band. And it's just, and I, and I think it's a miss that they went with purposely making the bears look as animatronic and fake as possible when these are supposed to be real creatures that just live amongst people and talk and wear clothes. Um, I, you had to pick one. They picked the wrong one unless there was magic in this world and they started out as animatronics, but the blue fairy from Pinocchio who got lost on her way to Albuquerque showed up and was like, real boys! And, <laughs> <laughs> which would have been an awesome backstory. <laughs> but we just kind of meet them in the middle of them breaking up and you don't know why they look the way they do. So either bears, you know, either the bear from the second Dr. Doolittle movie or they're animatronics, and we recognize they're animatronics. You can't have it both ways. Um, your movie is just too darn weird that way, and it doesn't make any sense. And, you know, like, even kids will pick up when things don't line up logically. I've said that before. Studies mm. have shown this. When you when you're when that's your starting place, and then you just go from there, immediately even kids, my, my kids especially, were just like, nope, I'm already, I'm already out on this movie. Why are the animatronic bears acting like real bears? <laughs> <laughs> um, so let's start with that. The second thing is, I, I'll be the first one to do the Kevin Smith line about you want to get the kids to the mall, but this was way rushed. Like, your premise about reuniting a broken up band and getting them back together to, to save a, you know, to, to save this iconic piece of real estate is, is a plum one. I mean, that's a solid, that's a rock solid premise. Um, we love road movies. That's that's a rock solid trope. We love the getting the band back together trope. This is not a bad movie when you consider what the bones of it are on the plot level. However, your point of view character, Barry McBarrington or Barry Barrington, first of all, like, come on, man. 
I understand like this was like paid writers doing a Disney movie, but this assumes children are not just like young and not particularly thoughtful. This assumes children are rocks and have absolutely no ability. To <laughs> Nobody hearing Barry Barrington is like, yeah, I'm with you. I get it. Everyone, it's a groaner of a name. Um, like your point of view character, like when we meet him, he's looking around. And now this the, this is supposed to be represented representative of a preteen child. And again, preteens are pretty with it. Um, they're, they're not as they're not as dumb as rocks as you think they are. He'd have known he's a fucking bear by now. <laughs> he's just eating his cereal. So I'm a bear, right? I'm just now figuring this out that I'm not human. And the all and the only character in the movie who has any kind of sense about it and it reacts appropriately is the brother who's like, no, you're not a fucking yeah. bear, asshole. He is the, he is the, he is the little shit adopted you're, brother. Yeah, you're not a human, asshole. You absolutely are a bear and you don't belong here. Um I like again, I could I could have bought the the bear doesn't feel like he belongs in this family. Not the way they did it though. You know, I could have bought the bear running away because the brother's tormenting him. Not yeah, the we way as, they we get the, it, though. We as the audience get one mean-spirited ass conscience. <laughs> into yeah, the, amongst the characters. So, we like, get, we, we get we get this little stock character. If, shit. if we want, you know, we if he's if he's supposed to just run away from home because he doesn't feel like he belongs, that's a fine enough starting point, but not the way you told it. The way you told it was dumb, and it assumed your audience is stupid. Yeah. Um, the rest of it, like I said, I mean, it's fine. There were some funny jokes here and there. The the gal uh, Crystal, who is an actual musician, doesn't have a tremendous amount of credits to her name, but she has a pretty voice. There's a lot of fun music in this. Now I'm doing the defense of it, but <laughs> so let me let me go back to the process. Doing my job thing. for me. Yeah. Look, it's not like the movie is an utter dumpster fire, devoid of any, devoid of any, you know, no. thing good. It's that what they did do had potential and had good bones and could have been done better, but I don't feel like any effort was put into this. It feels like I, I think the actors are trying their level best. And I think that the people, you know, on the visual production side did as they were told to the best of their ability. The problem is it, it, it feels almost like a rush job with the writing that no, that this needed a few more passes through editorial. This this feels like they were just rushing to get this thing out, and it was like it's for kids. The kids will come because they like the cartoon and people like the parks. It's Disney. We have a brand, and you and I think this is a lesson. This is this is, can almost be taught in a college class. Why not? They teach lesson. They teach college classes on lemonade and smiling. True story. Um, this is almost a yeah. Yeah, go go look at my personal YouTube page. Um, they they this this is a lesson in what they would eventually do with Pirates of the Caribbean. You know, where they got Gore Verbinski. They made it this big action epic. They put care and time and thought into it. They didn't just go, "We can rest on our name because the people will come." The people will not come if you don't put thought and care and, and pride into what you're doing. And that is the ultimate problem with the country bears is that it was a nice idea. It, it could have been a great idea. It just wasn't a fully realized idea or one that anyone involved seemed to really care about your witness. Mm -hmm. No, I mean, you kind of hit the nail on the head with one, with the part where you said, or kind of implied rather that 
the country bears had to kind of try to walk and stumble and fall on its face so that pirates of the caribbean could run be a fun alternative alternate universe thing right what if the country bears had hit being shitty <laughs> like yeah like oh my god it makes avengers money and like yeah. everything is just garbage after that but it yeah. all makes money but i mean once you once you really force yourself past the fact that Yes, the writers treated the audience like they had the collective IQ of a banana. <laughs> There's the bones of baby's first Blues Brothers yeah. here. And that's, and that's what it is. This is the movie that you show your kids so that later, when they're old enough, and you show them the original Blues Brothers, and they ask what it's about, you can say, remember the Country Bears? It's like that, only good. <laughs> because you you have you kind of have the skeleton of the same plot in terms of the road trip to get each member of the band back together from the various circumstances they've strayed into. You've got some really decent musical numbers. Yeah, I, I didn't really hate any of the music, I'll say that. Mm -hmm. Um it just kind of, it, like I said, it kind of subs out, you know, soul and rhythm and blues and blues from the Blues Brothers for kind of more of a country southern rock motif. Uh, I, my eyes absolutely shot open when I realized that they got criminally underrated guitarist uh, Brian Setzer for a cameo. That's a really great, dug that. That, I that, love Brian Setzer. That playoff they do, I mean, like, I, I was, I was floored. My so was my wife, and it's such a great scene. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, it helps when you realize that for the singing voice of two of the Bears, they managed to get fucking Bonnie Raitt and Don Henley. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the Elton John cameo. I fuck it. I thought that was kind of fun. And I mean, you know, Elton's not hard up for the money, so you mo you know that he must have read the script and been, been like, "Fuck it, it's kind of a nice little lark." I don't know, depending on what part of Elton John's career. I saw Rocket Man; he fell in hard times. <laughs> <laughs> oh come on, we we both know that by this point in the two thousands, you know, this was this was more money than God, yeah. Elton John. So. At that point in his career where Elton doesn't have to do shit that Elton doesn't really want to do. That's a fun conversation. But why did you want to do the Country Bears, Elton John? Well, I like bears. Amusing ass <laughs> cameo. <laughs> but, I mean, if anything, the plot feels rushed. But it's at least simple enough to follow. It at least yeah. manages to not be convoluted. And it's at that period in Christopher Walken's career when he was really thriving as a meme. Mm -hmm. You know, you could you could kind of throw Walken into anything. And it, it would just kind of thrive just a little bit off of that second internet life that he was enjoying. I think this was right around the time, the time of, you know the the cowbell skit mm -hmm. on, on saturday night live that that kind of set the whole thing off sort of 
the voice acting the voice acting is fine i mean they're at least they're at least not phoning the performances in and doing their damnedest to have fun with this dialogue um uh Diedrich Bader and the guy who played the who played the other cop you know ham is it is it ham and cheats is that their name yeah cheats and ham yeah. and you're talking about yeah, daryl mitchell daryl mitchell is a very mitchell. funny Thank comedian you. very talented guy I thought I recognized him from somewhere. I just couldn't quite place where. Mm-hmm. Uh, they really reminded me of the share of the two uh, dopey sheriffs from Gravity Falls, mm-hmm. and I mean that in the most positive way because I fucking love Gravity Falls. <laughs> <laughs> so that was nice. Um, it's yeah, it's really weird how at the end, seemingly motivated by nothing. The punk ass adopted brother all of a sudden practically becomes like Barry's hired muscle. <laughs> when, when Ted's coming up to try to make amends, <laughs> he like, he's like, "You want I should get rid of him, boss?" <laughs> <laughs> it's just, again, it's like motivated by fucking nothing. Yeah. Um, and I guess in this world, yeah, people have really gotten used to the concept of full-grown adult brown bears just walking among the humans which i can live with if there were any consistency to the look and feel of said i've said this i said it before if you know if it's the um oh gosh what's the cartoon bojack horseman if it's the Mm -hmm. bojack horseman world where we're we're you know we're just living amongst the animals the animals are part of the culture i'm fine with that but pick one you know yeah yeah it, it's like that is really about the best way to put it because i mm. was i was actually about to say that the next best way to do it would be to almost go the dr doolittle route right yeah where where to where to absolutely everybody else everything is just awkward and horrifying uh <laughs> You could, you could have, you could have bothered with maybe a half-ass comedic explanation of mm-hmm. just how this family ended up raising a goddamn bear. Yeah. You what? What? Why they are parenting? What will eventually grow up into a furry tank? <laughs> well, we all want pets. <laughs> pets, nothing. That is a, that is a furry Sherman tank that thinks that people are chicken McNuggets that scream when you bite them. Yeah, I. <laughs> this thing clocks in at eighty-eight minutes with credits, and it was like, I I very rarely say this about any film, especially these days, but this needed an extra ten minutes. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, maybe uh, just like not even any kind of cursory explanation. Mm-hmm. Like Sonic the Hedgehog gave us more fucking backstory, yeah, than this movie did. <laughs> but overall, by the time you get to the end, and and again, even even the ending is a little bit rushed. You get yeah, you get one mildly energetic like race to the finish line sequence mm-hmm. and then you know you get there sudden but inevitable betrayal is revealed and 
the the numan is as simple as you know the, the slow-witted landscaper was promoting the show all the show all along and he even had the courtesy to make sure that nobody wrecked the lawn and <laughs> you know, so christopher walken's generic evil banker character is foiled by Curtis E. Bear, the courtesy bear? <laughs> I... <sighs> and then just, you know, we, we, and then we, we, we get the big ending, not sweet home Chicago or New Orleans jam. And whoosh, that's it. Off to the credits, and every and everybody from Queen Latifah and White and Wyclef Jean to one of the founding members of Was Not Was, and I think we got didn't we get like an appearance from somebody else in there? Willie Nelson's in this. Audition. Yeah, and, and and Willie and Willie Nelson espouse espousing the heroic influence of the country bears who really just makes them sound like the fucking justice league <laughs> <laughs> for some, for some damn, like talking about talking about them heroically fighting for what <laughs> it's like willie just you you had a handful of lines and you couldn't have been sober for them. Well, Willie Nelson does like to smoke the finest weed. That he does. That he does. But I mean, that—that's the Country Bears. It's 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 not great. It could have stood to have been a little bit smarter in the way that you know Pirates of the Caribbean was. And I know it sounds weird to compare those two, but Pirates of the Caribbean had tons of swashbuckling action that was going to keep the youngins enthused and of course you had the perpetually quirky derpy energy of johnny depp doing the only kind of thing that johnny depp consistently does really well but you also had some jokes that were thrown in there so that the adults could have could have some fun with it like you know, like you know like you know, Elizabeth going, Elizabeth bemoaning the corset, and uh, Jack wondering if Will is a eunuch. Right. That's a, that's the thing. That's like my that's the the biggest thing that this movie is guilty of is that it doesn't feel like anyone really tried to go for the home run. It was yeah. you know to to use another one of my favorite references. This is the this is that part in Gung Ho where everyone settles for the middle of the road quota that doesn't really exist. But everyone's like, well, we can't make we can't make the Japanese quota, so we'll make the middle of the road quota. And and that's what it feels like. It was just like, well, you know, our task is to make this country bears movie, so we'll just get, you know, to, to use a baseball metaphor, we'll go for the single. No, go for the home run. Go for the home run every time. Because you never know if you're gonna get another at bat. You know, I, I gotta, I gotta think that if they had given it just maybe a little bit more thought, like a few more passes of thought, you could have even come up with some more fun, like music industry or touring yeah. band in jokes. I was gonna say, like, make like make that. this a parody of the music industry, focusing on this broken up country band, and you've got it. Don't you know? 
I almost think that making it G-rated was also not a great idea. I think they should have gone oh, for PG. Yeah. You know, mm. Go for PG. It's not that big of a difference between them. But then you can, again, make it a parody of the music industry, you know, to where the kids are having fun with, you know, with these talking bears, but the adults are having fun. And, oh, look at all the, mu look at all the music industry tropes they're making fun of. Like, I don't need to, we don't need to see a bear, you know, shooting heroin to Freebird or anything and walking out of a window. But <laughs> no, but I, but, mean, but I mean, slightly back from that. But look, I mean, but this movie came out in a post Shrek world. Yeah. Where for as much as, for as much as that movie has that whole, well, all the movies have become joke butts in and of themselves mm -hmm. and really rightfully so, you got to admit, for the time being, it really nailed that kind of pop culture skewering, but sure. doing so without crossing the line where the kids weren't where the kids weren't going to get it, and the adults were going to be the only ones having a nice knowing laugh at it. Sure. It really did that pretty well. And you know, one of the things I found myself thinking is really the only way this is bad is in terms of if you judge it by the standards of it came out in theaters. Yeah. If you had turned this into some kind of quirky, like we have now, like a Disney Plus limited live action series, where you can make it a little more episodic and divide it up, since that's how the movie feels anyway, is, is kind of every little beat feels really episodic. Right. That would have been fine. And if it... Or if, or considering when it came out, if it had just been something that would have aired on the Disney Channel, I don't think we'd even be complaining about it. You're not. You're not wrong, Sean. I think that a lot of the reason why this is easy, this will be the last thing we talk about. Um, I think this is why it's easy pickings for people. Why like a lot of the internet culture goes after it is because it was a major motion picture feature, because they don't do this sort of thing to the made-for-TV movies of any variety. Very, you, no. you see very little made-for-TV movies getting skewered by the nine zillion YouTube shows that are out there doing this sort of thing. It's always the stuff that went to theaters because those are prestige pictures to one degree or another. And so when they fail and fail miserably, it's almost like, you know, it, 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 it's they jump on it because there was this thing that's supposed to be great and it failed. And so everyone dives on the, the rotted carcass. Whereas if it's like the descendants, which went right to television, which you could easily pick apart and there are humongous problems with, nobody cares because it went straight to television. It's not a prestige project. And you know, I think that's kind of why I like some of these direct to streaming or direct or direct to TV projects is because they're not saddled with these laborious expectations. Yeah. That it's going to be some some sleeper hit some cherished classic which anything disney makes kind of unfairly mm -hmm. gets that expectation because it's disney we're expecting you know we're, we're we're all expecting kind of the the next great animated classic or the next live action action movie we're going to sit down and and tell our kids about years from now when in reality Half the time, we're lucky if we get the Apple Dumpling Gang. I was gonna say, Ulysses and Flora came out on Disney Plus a couple months back, and I know some film critics who talked about it because they discuss all the new movies of the week, streaming or otherwise, mm -hmm. and it sucked, and they said it sucked, 
But mm-hmm. do you see a large swath of the internet culture going after Flora and U- oh. Ulysses and Flora, whatever the order of the name goes? No, because it went straight to fucking Disney Plus. Had it gone to theaters, I think the way it was intended, mm-hmm. you probably would have. There'd have been there'd have been a uh, a screen rant thing on, you know, a, pic- a pitch meeting on it. There'd have been mm-hmm. um, an honest trailer. There'd have been ten million things I hate about or that are wrong with this. You know, it'd have been. A, there have been all of these different internet uh, YouTube shows dissecting it. None of them bothered to do it because it was a Disney Plus show, and who cares? See, and nowadays, that's actually what I like about these because what ends up happening is I'll, – I'll, I'll use a couple examples from Netflix. Uh, the two babysitter movies mm-hmm. and and also one that I watched last Halloween. I believe it's called Vampires versus the Bronx. Okay. I think was I think was I think was the name of it. Um, you can tell that they're not hampered by those expectations, by all that pressure, and so you get a bunch of people who end up making something good because you can tell they're just having the time of their fucking lives making it. Mm-hmm. Because not because they're not trying to make something good, obviously they are, mm-hmm. but. You don't have to worry about box office receipts. Yeah, they don't. They don't have the weight of being some kind of new, some kind of newfound tentpole. Right. They're just trying to make a good movie, like something that they would want to go see, and something that they would have fun. Would I have think fun brilliant. I think it's a brilliant point, actually. You know, as we're kicking this back and forth, um, and we can and we can end on this about how. When the expectation is to make money and something doesn't, it generates a conversation about why something didn't, you know, why something didn't work, why it didn't make money, and you know what could have been done better the next time. As opposed to when you have an you have a you have an infinite shelf that you're just putting stuff on. And it doesn't look. It doesn't matter if it's The Irishman, Jujitsu, or Fear Street. You know, it's mm-hmm. it all just has to sit there, and all we want is for people to watch it. You know, we want people to pay the monthly service for Netflix, which they're going to do anyway, whether they see those things or not. But the more, you know, but it's like, you know, what Rob Black used to tell me about his wrestling uh, videotapes as a, you know, in addition to the porno that he made, which was stores got to have shit on their shelves. Mm -hmm. They're going to carry this no matter how good or bad it is, which is a different conversation than something that has to draw people to the movies and make them pay 10 to 15 bucks per ticket, it better damn well be good or no one's going to continue to do that, you know? See, and and this is why I really like, in particular, Robert Rodriguez and Kevin Smith. Mm-hmm. And to a, I'll say to a lesser extent, maybe Quentin Tarantino, there, there's mm-hmm. some other issues there with him, but I'd lump him in the same category. But those are directors who, again, they go into something, they have an idea... And they think, what kind of movie do I like to watch? Okay, I'm going to make that kind of movie because that's who I know how to appeal to. I'm not trying to make Merchant Ivory. I'm not trying to make a statement. I'm not trying to bring home all of the Oscars and make all of the money. I just want to make a fun movie that when it's done, I can watch it and say, I would have fun with this. Yeah, Quentin Tarantino makes odes to genres. It's one of the reasons why he's one of my favorites. It's kind of what Robert does. 
Yeah, in a, in a yeah. different way, but yeah. And it wasn't that what their co their collaborations have been also is they're, them both taking on the same genre. That's what Death Proof and the other the one that was opposite. And the terror. Yeah. 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 That was Grindhouse. what that was. Yeah. Right. All right. We land. We started with the country bears. We landed on Grindhouse. That's as good a place to end this review <laughs> as any. <laughs> this was a shockingly fun conversation. Sure. I didn't, you know. I didn't expect. I didn't expect to get this much joy out of talking about the fucking country bears we we like film and we like each other i have done none of the plugs i was supposed to do fuck me running um <laughs> <laughs> so into talking about the country bears i forgot to do my job um so let me first <laughs> tell people about grammarly grammarly's ai products help people communicate more effectively grammarly helps uh uh, you write mistake-free on Gmail, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, and nearly anywhere else you write on the web. Grammarly corrects hundreds of grammar, punctuation, spelling mistakes while also catching contextual errors, improving your vocabulary, and suggesting style improvements. To download Grammarly today, go to getgrammarly.com slash W2M network. Again, that's getgrammarly.com slash W2M network to download Grammarly for free. Uh, and before I turn it back to Sean to do his plugs, let me also remind people that we have another great sponsor here that's giving away a free 30 days of its service. It's amazonmusic.com. Um, if you enjoyed the country music in the Country Bears and you are dying to hear more country music by Bonnie Raitt. And do some good stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Or Crystal, mm -hmm. if you can find anything. Or Willie Nelson, who always smokes the finest weed. Uh, <laughs> click our link at getamazonmusic.com slash W2M network. Get a free 30 days of the service. Stream all you want, unlimitedly, as the, as the title says. And then at the end of that 30 days, if you like it, you keep it. And why wouldn't you? If you don't like it for some strange reason, you cancel it. No fuss, no must, no contracts, no pains in the ass. It's a great service. We use it all the time. We use it on the middle hammer of doom when I get an itch that I got to scratch with my ADD. And I have to go into our uh, our mid-show or end of the show medley. <laughs> I, use it, I like to use it for that. So get amazonmusic.com slash W2M network. All right, Sean, tell them where you're uh, twitching at. All right, guys, follow me on Twitter at Comer Codex, both because it's the place to find all my rants about various and sundry things everywhere. Fair warning, things do get sociopolitical at times. I am blunt. I am honest. So if that's not your thing, I understand, but you might want to stay away. But, however, I will tell you, Twitter is one of the best places to get updates for when I go live at twitch.tv slash Comer Codex. Um, I am typically playing a lot of competitive games, uh, mostly Apex Legends and fighting games, because uh, Overwatch ain't coming back anytime soon. Sorry. Uh, lots of story-based games. We're playing Bioshock 2 right at the moment. Uh, I am usually on from about sometime between 8 and 10 p.m., um, usually Thursday and Friday nights. I'm trying to nail down a more set schedule, doing my heckin' best friends. But if you also want to get further notifications for when I go live, uh, head on over to twitch.tv slash Codex, hit the follow button, or if you happen to have an Amazon Prime free sub in your pocket, maybe send that my way, directly supports the channel. And make sure that you click the bell to get notifications on the desktop app or mobile every time I push that button. All right. This uh, Country Bears review closes out a, an entire set of reviews dedicated to the release of Jungle Cruise. We did a re-release of our Tomorrowland review, which was extemporaneous when it came out and then sat idle on a different feed and is now re-released and is up on this feed currently. Um, Alexis Hanna and I reviewed Seekers of the Weird, which was a undeveloped uh, companion 
uh, attraction to the Haunted Mansion that then got turned into a comic book. Um, and then, of course, the actual Jungle Crew reviews, which is up now. And then this was the last part of that. Uh, just a quick scheduling note. Two, two scheduling notes. One, uh, we tend to do these kinds of reviews after the thing that we are attaching it to has already come out. We will be making the switch to before. <laughs> so when we do Long Road to Ruins and On Trials for shit that's coming out, we'll do it before the thing premieres. So like the next time you'll see Sean um, outside of the... This is the second to last one. Because we're also doing the two G.I. Joe movies. Well mm -hmm. after Snake Eyes has come out, that could not be avoided. I'll get to that in a second. But the next time you'll see Sean besides that will be on the Long Road to Ruin for the Candyman trilogy. Mm -hmm. It will drop when Candyman 2021 comes out, <laughs> as opposed to a week later when no one will give a shit anymore. So um, <laughs> we will record that ahead of time and drop it when it matters and not well after the fact. Um, and that's what we'll be doing the same thing for Dune and Top Gun um, and whatever else we've got coming down the pike. So. Uh, for those of you who, you know, have been following along, you're like, why do they release things after anyone would give a shit? Well, we're trying to fix it. I'm sorry. Uh -huh. and, and I and I swear, my my whole internal calendar for what is hitting theaters when mm -hmm. is so discombobulated right now. So um, <laughs> we have one more uh, of the, we'll call it the BCAD changeover. Um, <laughs> so one more in the BC changeover is, like I said, Sean and I are going to do a long road to ruin for G.I. Joe, The Rise of Cobra mm -hmm. and G.I. Joe Retaliation. Uh, that will go up this Saturday. So it'll go up um, in a couple of days from whenever um, you might be get you might be listening to this or watching it on YouTube. Uh, might even be up by then. Um, but yeah, that'll be up this Saturday. Um, today being Wednesday. And with that, that's it. That's all I got. That's, you know, I've, I've learned that an hour and a half of plugs after we've recorded for an hour is really not necessary. Nope. <laughs> so um, court is now in recess. Be well. For Sean Comer, I'm Mark Radledge. Be well, be safe, and behave. <laughs>